Welcome to Activate Church. Why don't you start making your way inside? Find a seat. Why don't you say hi to a few people around you? Introduce yourself. Great to see everyone here tonight. How are we going? Two people are good. That, that's, that's not good. We need to change that. Come on, who's good in here tonight? Right. They're ready. They're come on, ready. Who's, who's excited for church tonight? Yeah, come Isn't on. It good? Come on. Why don't we be expectant tonight for what God's going to do and believe that He is going to move powerfully tonight. Amen? Come on, why don't we come up to the front? Let's come fill up. this space up because we're going to kick start into some praise tonight. All right, let's hop up to our feet. Come up the front. Let's have a praise party. We have a new song for you guys tonight. Let's praise together. One family, one house. Let's give God some praise here. Here we go.
here tonight a huge welcome to you it is great to have you in the building why don't you grab a seat when you grab a seat why don't you say hi to a few people around you introduce yourself to someone you maybe you've seen someone you don't know why don't you go quickly chat with them so many people out tonight. We've got a great night planned. We've got this little guy keen as a bean to get started. We've got Pastor Sheridan speaking later on, which is going to be exciting. It's going to be great. We're also going to share communion together and I'm going to introduce our communion speaker later. It's going to be a good time though. I love him to bits. He's a great guy. Hey, but first of all, if this is your first or second time, if you're a newcomer, it is so great to have you with us tonight. And what we want to connect with you and ways that you can do that is either you can go follow the link behind me, you can scan the QR code on the seat in front of you, or please go and grab a newcomer's pack on your way out. We would love to connect with you and see how we can get you a part of the family and journey with you. Yes, absolutely. And at Activate, we love to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries. So if that's you and you've had a birthday this week or anniversary, why don't you shoot your hand up and we will get a chocolate to you. Yeah, oh. Dylan, happy birthday. Here we go. We've got a few There's around. one down there as well. Hi, one there. For your birthday? Keep happy your hand birthday. high. We want to give you chocolate. Yes, we've got a few birthdays. we got one over there as well. So good. Keep your hand high. Yes, I don't see Martin's hand up. Perfect. He should have his hand up. Have so you got a chocolate, good. Dylan? Oh. oh. We need a chocolate thrown on stage, John. Is there anybody else that we're missing? Sandy. One over here? Yes. One over working. here as well? You're working hard. Thanks, good work, host John. Team. So good. Anybody else? No one else. Awesome. Awesome. And on stage. And Awesome. Well, let's pray. So God, we just thank you for those who have had a birthday or anniversary this week. And we just pray blessing over them. And we just pray that this year will be the best year yet. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, why don't you turn your eyes to the screen. We're going to hear from the video news.
Hey church family. Yeah, welcome to Activate Church. Here's what you need to know. Activate Church is a part of a wider movement named X Churches New Zealand. And we have the amazing privilege of hosting an X regional gathering. Yeah, and this is happening tomorrow night, 7.30pm, and we would love to see every single one of you. Young adults, don't forget that Nohotahi is just around the corner. Yeah, come on. And so make sure you get your regios in, and it's going to be an amazing time connecting with God and with one another. I'm very excited to share that we have Activate Youth Camp coming up Come very on. soon. It is happening from the 1st to the 3rd of October, and it is called Chosen. Come on, what does it mean to be chosen yeah. by God? That's what we're going to be looking into. Daz Chettle is going to be joining us, and it's going to be an amazing time. For more info on all these events, make sure you go to the info desk or check out our website. Hey, that's all the notices for today. Bless you. Hey, well, we're going to be sharing communion together now, and it's my absolute privilege to introduce my good buddy, Martin, who's going to be leading us in communion. So let's give him a big warm welcome. Can the host team pass out the emblems, please? Thank you. All right. I always wonder how the first communion, the Passover, went down. The first time for anything can always, you know, be a little weird. Matthew 26, 26 to 28 says, While they were eating, Jesus took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the forgiveness of many sins. I can imagine Jesus sitting there, breaking the bread, giving it to his disciples, saying, this is my body. I can imagine Thomas sitting there, looking at him, going, hmm, yeah. Is it though? Like, like, imagine if I came to you with a car tire, and I'm like, this, this is my leg. You'd be a bit confused, wouldn't you? You'd probably think I'd been getting a bit of a head start on the wine. But when we understand Scripture, when we understand why we do what we do, what the bread and the wine symbolize in communion, then we can kind of just get a different idea of it all because the bread symbolizes the body of Christ broken for us, the wine, His blood poured out for us. When we understand that, there's not really much room for confusion. But we've heard this story time and time again. Many of us know what the bread, what the wine symbolize, but have you guys ever taken a moment to consider that the bread, the wine are the perfect examples of communion itself. Look at the bread. Was it formed from merely one grain of wheat? Or were there many different grains that were brought together? And before they were brought together, were they not all separate from one another? But now in the bread, they are joined together as one body. So we too commune together, not as individuals, but as one body of Christ. Paul even mentions this in his letter to the Corinthians saying, Because the loaf of bread is one, we, though many, are one body. And I think that's pretty cool to be honest. And before you go, wow, Martin, you're so smart. Let me take it one step further. Consider how the individual wheat grains are joined together to form the dough. How that dough is then baked to form the bread. 
Through water, the grains of wheat are joined together. Through fire, they are baked and rise to form the bread. You guys are going to like this. So we too, through baptism in water, are joined together as brothers and sisters in Christ. Through baptism in fire with the Holy Spirit, we rise to form the body of Christ. I felt so cool writing that. Now, when we turn from the bread and look to the wine, we can be just as in awe of yet another beautiful example of communion. Just as the bread is formed from many single grains, the wine is created from many individual grapes. Though, I love the wine because we can draw many new and interesting parallels that we couldn't see before in the bread. Wine is not simply made by combining many different grapes because that would make the wine pulpy and there's just there's going to be little bits of grape in there and that's kind of disgusting. Like, I know the Bible said that it was like, you know, the apple that brought sin into the world when Adam took a bite of it, but what if it was a mistranslation? What if it was actually a bit more like when Adam took a sip of the pulpy drink, sin entered into the world? You know, like I'm not saying that's what happened, but it's a possibility. So as you can guess, wine is not wine with the old skin mixed in. The best parts are separated from the old parts during fermentation and pressing to produce the smooth flowing wine that many of you adults really love. (laughs) Like the transformation of grapes into wine, we too shed our old skin when we commune with Christ. Our best parts are separated from our sin through fermentation and pressing in Christ in order to enter into a new life, a life joined together with one another, a life a life flowing in unity with Christ. I I went pretty fast. I have a lot of energy. As you take (laughs) communion, think about how you have been set free from a life as an individual surrounded in sin, that you have been given the opportunity through Jesus to shed that old sin. You don't need a pulpy life. We can walk in unity with Jesus, joined together to form the body of Christ. The the end. (laughs) It was it. But take your communion, spend some time thinking about how we are not all individuals. We are not all separated from one another. By doing this, by joining together in this act, we form one body of Christ. And that's just awesome. So thank you. I don't know what to do now. Wow, wasn't that amazing? I think we can give God and Martin a round of applause for what he's put on their hearts. Continuing on from that, we're going to sing a song that's been written by us, Activate Music. Written by our own, Naomi Van Yarsfield. I don't know if I said that right. (laughs) But it was a song that I think suits the kind of world we're living in right now. When um, sometimes it feels like our world is unraveling, there's a lot of confusion, there's a lot of doubt. We're scared, there are a lot of uncertainty, but in the midst of that, 
I think our praise and our worship is in one way putting our trust in God and saying, you are good and we know you will pull through. So this is a song that represents that. I invite you all to stand with me. And while I sing these lyrics, I think God appreciates our honesty. I encourage you to spend this time to worship Him, but He appreciates our honesty, to to yearn, to cry out, to stress, to be overwhelmed and say, God, I'm I'm confused, I am uncertain. I can't just be like, oh yeah, I've got so much faith and I, I know exactly what, that's not always the case. And I think this song represents our choice to put our trust in God because we know He is good and we know His truth to be that He is good.
within me so I will walk in your peace your spirit is within me my victory my victory your spirit is within me so I will walk in your peace your spirit is within me my victory, your spirit is within me, so I will walk in your peace, your spirit is within me, my victory, my your spirit is within me. believing that in this moment some of you have longed to encounter his presence are going to encounter his presence come on he's in the room Lord we've come from life and some of us need to repent for the way that we've lived the week Thank you that you're a God who's always ready to forgive. We 
receive your forgiveness. If you know you've really mucked up this week, repent. Tell him you're sorry. And receive his forgiveness right where you are. Lord, for some of us, that just simply means we've had the wrong things at the top of the pile. And our confession tonight is that your Lord and none besides you. We honour you in this place. We worship you in this place. With our mouths and our hearts. Our desires, we worship you. And even as we confess that tonight, Lord, I ask that freedom would come. In Jesus' name. That in the name of Jesus, those who are bound will be released. name of Jesus, those who are striving would be released. In the name of Jesus, in this moment, those that are searching would find you. Liams. Wow, that's deep, eh? Two Liams. There's a pastoral call on both of your lives. I think you probably both know that. I'm just reinforcing it and calling it out now. For you, Liam, I really, really sense that the, the Lord would encourage you not to um, in any way despise some of the skills you're learning at the moment because they're actually going to hold you in good stead for spiritual matters in the future. There'll be this transference of knowledge from the natural. You're going to see suddenly how it impacts the spiritual. And it's, it's going to become really meaningful. So even some of the little things that you go, what the heck is this about? Just go with the flow and um, you'll see the, the greater picture in time to come. So, um, yeah, embrace those things. And um, for both of you, I think there's a time just around the corner where you need to make an um, intentional step into the call of God and what that looks like and it's going to mean a a leaving the current and stepping into but I want to encourage you both that you are on your unique paths and that um, 
I think this is for both of you as well. It doesn't need to look like what you've both experienced to look like. It needs to look like what God's calling you into it to look like. Yeah, so you step forward when you do with incredible freedom and faith that God's going to use you both powerfully in your own ways and his own right. But um, it's going to be really significant. Well, that? Two, two prophecies in one. I like that. Come on. Come on. Come on, let's just listen to Jesus again, eh? Nigel and Jackie, I believe for you God's going to open some doors and they're not going to be doors that you expect. In fact, they're going to be quite quiet doors, but you're going to have influence into people's lives, probably behind the scenes, but some of the words that you speak into their lives are going to be uh, literally journey-defining. And so I want to encourage you in those moments, and you'll know when they are, you'll sense when they are, to be full of faith and to be on the front foot and don't hold back what God puts in your spirit to say because he's actually going to give you those words in environments where you can deliver them um, because I think you're going to see some instant effects uh, or reactions to some of those words and he's actually going to give them to you in environments where you can walk them out with people so can I encourage you to be bold in that, yeah, be, be bold Pastor Simon, I just really sense there's a time of greater influence coming for you and prepare yourself for it because things are going to take off quite quickly and um, there's going to be a bit of a stretch but you're well prepared. You're well prepared. The Lord would say you're well prepared, you're well capable. You have everything you need so you do not need to fear it but you're going to feel the stretch come on and just your influence. I just see it spreading. So yeah, be be awesome. It's awesome. It's great. That'll do for now, eh? Well, kia ora koutou. Nice to see you all. Have a seat. Wonderful. Thank you, team. Great. Fantastic. Well, um, I've been looking at buying a new car. Not any type of car. I've been looking at buying a car that needs some work. I want to buy a project car. And um, we're going to do a project. I know Jay wants to help me with the project. I don't know if Luke wants to help, but I know that he will want to drive it. <laughs> and, and so we're looking for a project car. And when I'm looking for the project car, I know what I'm looking for, and I've got the skill set to do the job. It's not like I'm looking at something that I can't do. I have the skill set to, to do what I want to do. So when I look at the car, or I'm looking at various cars, I'm looking at the body. And I'm saying, what actually needs to happen to the body to turn it into the vehicle that I want it to be? I look at the the paint. We looked at one during the week, and I went, oh my goodness, it needs paint everywhere. But I can see what needs to happen, and I know I've got the skill set to do it. I look at the mechanical, 
and I go, okay, it'll need this, that, and the other thing. I look at the interior, and by now I'm going, oh my goodness, this is going to cost a fortune. But I look at the interior and go, yeah, well, that needs something as well. And so I know that if I, when I get something, when I see the right one, if I apply myself to it well, I will get the result that I want to get. I'll end up with a car that I know how I want it to look. I know how I want it to drive. It'll be important. It'll need to drive nicely and look nice. And, but I can see it now even before I've done it. And I can see the work that's involved in doing it. And I'm okay with that. I've got the, uh, I've got a, I've got, I've got the skills to do what I need to do. And in a sense, that's what we're doing with Back to the Future, our theme. In a sense, that's what Back to the Future is all about. It's about us, uh, because see, the cars I'm looking at are older cars. They're like 1970s. Was anyone around in the 70s? Hold your hand up proud if you were around in the 70s. Come on. There's quite a few of us. See, we're not that old yet. (laughs) So it's like, what happens is a car that was really awesome in the 70s is like 40 years, 50 years old now. It's a bit tired. And and it's going to need to be kind of redone to get back its splendor. And for me, back to the future is a little bit like that. Jesus set the church in, a, in, in place in a certain way. And we're not just like the 70s. We're like 2,000 years ago. And some things have got a bit off track, I think. And what he wants to do is recapture some of the DNA of what he put in the church at the very start in order that we can go forward really confidently and see what he wants to see. See, I absolutely believe to my core that there is a move of God around the corner. I don't know what it looks like, but that's all right. I don't need to. I believe there is a move of God around the corner. But what he does not want to establish more firmly in the church is the culture of the day. He wants to reestablish the culture that he first put in the church, which is his church, because the church is his, yeah? The church is the body of Christ. It's his church, and he wants to reestablish that culture. So there's a few things that need to be adjusted, a few things that need a bit of work as we go forward so that Jesus can build confidently on that into the future. So we're not going to settle for uh, a culturally acceptable version of what church needs to look like. We actually want to grasp the DNA of heaven, the DNA of who God called his church to be so that he can push us forward. So Father, I pray that tonight we can hear what you're saying. Even if I don't say the words, we'll hear what you're saying and our hearts will wrap themselves around your truths and we will be pliable in your hands so that we are the people, the mature believers that you've called us to be so that in our time, You can do everything you want to do. So, Father, I ask for it all that you will give us ears to hear and eyes to see what's happening in the spiritual realm and what you're saying to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So when I find my car, I'll know what it looks like. I'll know what it needs to look like. And I'll know how it needs to function. And that's what Jesus, I believe, is like with his church. And not only... Does he see it? He told us what he sees. And he's given us what we need to do what he's asked us to do. I, um, uh, I've got a pretty good toolbox in my garage. 
And in it is all sorts of tools. And when you've got the right tool for the right job, the job gets really easy. When you've got the wrong tool for the right job, and just in case you're wondering, a screwdriver and a hammer is a tool for every job. <laughs> but if, if you've got the wrong tool for the job, you normally end up with skin off your knuckles, cuts and bruises and burns. And, and, but when you've got the right tool for the job, you can make stuff happen. And Jesus has given tools to his church so that his church will become the church that he's called it to be. So if you've got your Bibles, I hope you have, at least click them open to Ephesians chapter 4, verses about 11 to 16. We're looking at this in the mornings over the next couple of weeks. Tonight, this is like a one-hit wonder. But we're going to unpack just a little bit tonight Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, For these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. Who gave the gifts to the church? Thank you, all two of you. Who gave the gifts to the church? Christ. Look at me over here. Look at me because I want you to answer. Who gave the gifts to the church? Christ. Christ, you've got to get this. It's not just some dude's flash thinking. Christ. Who gave the gifts to the church? Christ. Who gave the gifts to the church? Christ. Fantastic. So Christ gave these gifts to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people, that's all of us, to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we'll no longer be like immature children. We won't be tossed or blown about like every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. There is a mark of mature discipleship right there. We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. When the church is as Jesus sees it to be, he gives us two indicators there. He says that we will speak the truth in love. Jan and I were listening to a message the other night uh, on YouTube, and I thought, boy, it just sounds a little bit off. It doesn't quite, eat. the guy made some good points, but it just didn't feel right. And then all of a sudden, he gets really angry, and he just starts slamming people. And at that point, we turned it off. We went, this is not the truth in love. This is not a disciple of Jesus right here. This is a religious warrior. And the world's had enough religious warriors. What the world needs is disciples of Jesus. So one of the signs of maturity is that we'll speak the truth in love. And the other one is, in every way, we will look like Jesus. In every way. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got some work to do there. In every way, we'll look like Jesus. But that's what a mature church looks like. So Jesus has supplied the equipment to do the job. Just like I've got a toolbox at home, when the car comes in, I'll be able to do the work on the car because I've got the tools. Jesus has supplied the tools for his church so that his church will become mature. 
The thing is that the tools aren't like a tools in my toolbox. The tools or the equipment that he has supplied are people. The people gifts to the church. That's why it says in verse 11, now these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. The gifts, the gifts of people to the church. In the scriptures, there's different type of gifts. There's like motivational gifts. Those, those are the gifts, that just things that you can do good. Like you're born with an ability or an interest and, and you can do them really well. Like the, the creative team, they've worked hard on their gift, but they were obviously born with some ability in the area of creative, in the area of ministry. They, they're, they're good at that, and, and we call those motivational gifts loosely. Then there's spiritual gifts. The book of Corinthians lists nine of those. We're going to look at those in a couple of weeks' time. and, and We call them spiritual gifts. The actual Bible doesn't even call them gifts. It just calls them spirituals. They're not something natural. They're something from heaven that God releases in people's lives. And then they, like they're anointed, they're, they're supernaturally empowered to do those things. But then there's ones today that we're looking at, which are the ascension ministry gifts. And these are five different sorts of people that are given to the church. People, men, women, doesn't matter. But they're five people who God sees fit for whatever reason to give to the church to help the church come to maturity. Those people, those five people, are, or five kinds of people, are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That is not a hierarchy, although the Scripture does say apostles first, and I'll explain what it's meaning when it says that shortly. What I'd like to do is show you a video for a minute, um, actually it's for seven minutes, of Danny Silk, who's um, uh, one of the preachers at Bethel Church. And he's just giving a brief description of the five different gifts. So watch the screen for a moment. Now this lens is, you know, it's, these are handed out as gifts. Here, here you who see this way, do what you see and do it with all your might. Do it as unto the Lord. And you, you what you see, do it as unto the Lord. All of you who are looking through this, do it as unto the Lord. And eventually what you will see is the Lord, not a zebra. And so when the pastor looks through the lens, the pastor lens, the, the pastor sees the Christians, the, the pastor sees the church. This is, this is the top priority. And everyone who's looking through this lens goes, amen, amen, this is what matters. Families matter, marriages matter, community matters, it matters. This is the most important thing. Say something else about it. Tell them, write it. Kumbaya, one more time from the top. This is the pastor lens. We're building family. We're building community. The love of God. The, the love of God. Do we love each other? Because we should. It's the most important thing in the Bible. Don't get that right. You haven't got anything right. Pastors, they're hard to be around.
The teachers, the teachers are pointing our attention to the word. The word, people. You got a problem. You still got a problem in your life? It's because you don't know the word. If you knew the word, you could apply the word and it would be over. Done. Bam. Read your Bible. We got another class coming up because you don't know your Bible yet. So it's, it's the word, it's the word, and all attention is put on the word and emphasize the word. Come look through this lens and see it. What do you see? Better see the word. <laughs> That's what we're doing here. The evangelists, the evangelists are, are there, they're, they're like, what are we, are you kidding me? Are we in this room? Are we really in this room sitting in a chair? What are we doing in here? There goes another carload of people going to hell. You don't care. You don't care. You're just sitting around in here, sitting on your sitter. God didn't say to sit. He said, go. Go. What are we doing in here sitting again? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? So the lens of the evangelist is to see everyone saved, the message of salvation, the blood of Christ, being baptized. And there's the prophetic lens. (laughs) The prophetic lens turns all our attention on the spirit realm and the activity of the spirit realm, which is more real than the physical scene realm. And so... Everything means something all day. All day. So everything means something. You laugh. <laughs> Prophetic people don't just they don't just go through their day. They're, there's just something always. And, and, and prophetic people, don't, you, don't, you don't have this a, a microwave clock or a digital clock. You don't. You don't. That's a portal to heaven. <laughs> this thing is talking to you all day. Look at that. Look at that. 1234, 1234. One, two, three, four. Moment of divine order. We are standing in divine order. That's the second time it happened today. It's a number of witness. This goes on all day. Next time you see one of your prophetic friends, just say, I love you. You got a lot going on, don't you? And then we have the apostolic lens, the, 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 the people that wake up in the morning expecting heaven to manifest on the earth. I expect it to happen today. I, I'm looking for the, the supernatural transformation in a moment to happen today. Shabba. You got a marriage problem? Shabba. Get back up. You still got it? Shabba, shabba. You stay down there until it's gone. The glory, the the presence of God, worship, 
signs and wonders and miracles. This is, this is why we're here. This is why we're here. We, 12 steps, way too long. One step. One step. Bam! Take it. We've got a one-step program around here. It shouldn't even take that long. Now, these are gifts. These are gifts. But you can see how those people might not get along. Because all of it goes deep. It all goes so deep. And it goes so deep that you go, it's true, and I'm the only one that knows it. It is my job to get everyone to look through my lens. There's just not enough room. The lenses aren't that big. That's why he handed out a bunch of them. To share. And to love each other, though we see things very different. To honor one another. To allow you to be you around me. You get to be you around me. It's a great day. It's really only an introduction, but, it, but it's helpful. One of, the, um, one of the, my favorite uh, illustrations for the Ascension Gifts Ascension Ministries is the hand. Do you want to bring the hand up on the, the slide? Thanks. It's the hand. If you hold your hand out like that, look at your hand, you might find that helpful. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. And so with the... the is, is it coming? It's gone. It's vanished. So think of your thumb. That's your thumb. That's a little one out the side. Think of your thumb as the, the apostle. So the grace of the apostle. Think of your index finger as the prophet. Your next finger as the evangelist. Your next finger as the pastor. Your last, your little finger as the teacher. So the little finger would be the teacher. The, the teacher can kind of probe places where the other fingers can't go. Like you try and put your big finger in your ear, you can't, but your little finger, you can probably get it right in there, eh? If you need to. It can go places. <laughs> uh, Jen didn't like that. So the, the little finger can go places. Teachers can go places with the others. They see things. They read the scripture and stuff just jumps off the page at them. And they see truths and a depth in the scripture that other people might miss. And then so their job to help make the body mature is to teach what the scripture is saying. And a teacher, part of the gift on their life is that they can make something complex very simple. And they can make it fun. And they can make it so when they've finished, you want to go and read the Bible. And you want to look at it for yourself. It's awesome. The pastor's a bit like the ring finger. They bring the connection they, they bring the connection to the family of God. And uh, that's a super important role. The, the pastor role is actually a key leadership role. People like to think, when people think pastor, they think people like Pastor Michael Brown, who is just so lovely and kind and, and always beautiful. And, and yes, there you go. And... But, but that's only half the job. See, he's got another side as well. And that's the other side of the pastor role that will kick your butt when you need it. Because the pastor role is the role that it brings leadership. You think of a shepherd leading a flock. 
They will lead the flock, but when the flock gets out of line, they'll do what it takes to get it back in line. And so it's actually a strong leadership gift. Then you have the, I nearly did that wrong, I'm going to hold my hand this way. We have the evangelist. And, and, and the, the evangelist, the middle finger, it just reaches further than all the others. Reaches out into the world. It sees people that need to know Jesus. It sees people who aren't in relationship with Jesus and cannot bear the fact that people don't know Jesus. Then we've got the, the prophet. And the prophet, they point things out. They point out the past. They point out the future. They point out the present. They point out the Word of God. The prophet's kind of a pointing gift. And then with this illustration, the apostolic gift. Well, the apostolic gift is, is more of a, a building gift, a taking ground gift. But the apostolic gift can actually touch all the others when required. Can move everywhere when required, which means they're just confused people. But they can move them all. So God gave these gifts to the church to bring the church to maturity. In other words, we need to be exposed to all of these gifts. If all we have is a teacher, it gets a bit off side. If all we have is an evangelist, it gets a bit off side. It gets out of balance. We actually need exposure to all of these gifts. Something I love about our Activate family is we have exposure to all of these gifts. You know, Steve McCracken, who we bring in, He's a prophet. And, and we bring him in for that very reason, that we need uh, exposure to the prophets. Jan has a significant prophetic mantle on her life. When I sat there and I watched that video, the one, two, three, four, the number of fullness times two, I looked at Jan and I went, ha, 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 that's like, that's you. <laughs> I said something means something all the time. It's kind of like, oh, she, you know, what's that? That's great. So these gifts are people given to the church to lead us and lift us in the direction that God wants to lift us so we're mature. Now, how do you know if God's called you to be one of these people? Because obviously God calls people to fulfill these gifts. In our movement, Acts Churches New Zealand, when we ordain a minister, we are recognising a gift. One of these ascension gifts, we're recognising that on their life when we ordain them. We don't go, um, I'll just pick on Jay. We don't go, Jay, you will be a pastor, therefore we will make you a pastor. Da, 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 whatever, however it goes. No, no, we, we see the fruit of someone who's carrying an ascension ministry, and then we recognize it. So there's often an inner knowing. Like I knew God had called me, not for certain. I knew that I had a strong sense that God was calling me to an ascension ministry, but it wasn't until it was called out of me that I went, okay, I'm right. I loved last week, uh, a few weeks ago when... Um, Pastor Ian Wright was here, and he was calling something out of Stephen and Anita. He was going, I see something on you and God, and I'm calling it out. 
And that's how it's generally, when, when, when something is called out prophetically like that, what it is, it's a divine invitation to walk with God. It's a divine invitation to partner with Him. You don't have to do it, but it's a divine invitation to partner with Him in it. So there's a, um, if there's an ascension ministry on your life, if you're called to an ascension ministry, you seriously will not be happy doing anything else until you're seeing that outworked, whatever that looks like, because that's what God has purposed you for. Why has God done this? He's done it because he loves the church. He loves you. You really matter, and he wants to see you as a mature disciple. So he's gifted people to the church to help with that process. That's why God says we need to honor leadership. It's not, it's not to put anybody on a pedestal, but it's because he's saying, look, I've, I've gifted people to help bring you to maturity. And if you recognize that, the Bible tells us that if we receive, if we, um, receive a prophet and a prophet's anointing, we'll receive a prophet's reward. In other words, if you receive someone in the capacity that God has sent them to you, you will receive the reward of that gift that is on their life which will be us developing into maturity. So if you want to explore this further, I really encourage you to talk to some pastors or or leaders. Perhaps Monday night, Activate Education would be a really good place for you to spend some time. Um, Maybe you could do a study on it in your Activate group. Or get involved somewhere and start serving. There's a misbelief that the reason we serve in church is to help fill a roster. That's not true. It's not about filling rosters. It's about fulfilling the purpose of God. How can I recognize the fruit on your life if you're doing nothing? I know that's, that's like really complex, eh? How can someone see the fruit on your life if you're doing nothing? But if you're doing something, Someone will see. Don't do it so they'll see. Serve unto God. But someone will see and go, my goodness, that person has got this happening in their world. Someone prophetic will see and they will call something out of you. But serving is the vehicle for that. All Jan and I ever did to end up doing what we're doing now is serve. We just kept saying yes without an agenda. I hated some of the areas I was serving in. It just didn't work for me. There were others that were really good. I learned to do, I'm quite good with accounts and with with, uh, sort of general business knowledge and that. I learned all of that in the church by serving. Just by turning up for week after month after year. I sat with an an older lady in the church, Claire, for years, who was an accountant. And she taught me everything. I was doing the books. She was really doing the books. I was sitting beside her learning. But I learned. And it's put me in good stead for what I do now. I was just simply, just simply serving. I was asked to lead the creative department. Eight years later, I think, I was still leading the creative department. I learned a lot leading the creative department. Loved it. I was asked to lead the youth I just went and did it. We didn't have a youth group, so I just did it. We had a youth group. It was awesome. 
So the major benefit of serving is that you will get noticed. So I'm going to finish. So there is apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and prophet. Five gifts given to the church to help the church to mature. I go, thank you, Jesus. They're the right tools in the toolbox to create the environment for me to be who you've called me to be, for me to do what you've called me to do. We're going to go into depth, like I said, a little bit more on this um, over the next couple of weeks in the morning, and I encourage you to be part of that. Uh, But it's good. So apostles, they lead, they build, they start, they rebuild, they strategize, they provoke, they order, uh, bring order to things, they take ground for the kingdom. But here's the rub. There's people much wiser than me that say it takes 25 years to mature an apostle. It's not an overnight thing. It's actually God calls you and you've got to put your life in that direction and say, this is it. Literally, this is it, where I'm going. Prophets prophesy, they see, they unlock They operate, prophets operate beyond edification, exhortation, and encouragement often, which is the gift of prophecy. Prophets often beyond that. But their life is focused to it. I'll tell you what, if you want to see someone who is disciplined and hearing God and being purposed in the things of God and staying on track, is Steve McCracken. He just gives his whole life to ensuring he's in the place where he can hear God. It's one of the reasons I love Uh, walking with him so closely is because he is a man of integrity and spiritual integrity. The evangelist, they share the gospel. They see people come to Christ. They leave a spirit of evangelism, of soul saving in the atmosphere, wherever they go. Pastors love and lead people, like I said, all aspects, including tough love. But here's a rub there. They reckon it takes 10 years to mature a good pastor. So again, it's not a five-minute affair, is it? You've got to set your life in that direction. Teachers, they make the difficult things easy and they make them exciting for us and, and in a way that we can take hold of this and they leave us with a love for the Word of God. And here is the deal. All the Ascension Ministries, all five of them can replicate. In other words, pastors make pastors, evangelists make evangelists, teachers make teachers or release teachers. Apostles release and can call out the others across the board. But that's what God does. He calls the gift out of people. He says, you. He says, Liam's. Liam's. I'm going to pastoral call on your guys' lives. We're going to talk about that tonight. I'm going to pull it out of you. There's a divine invitation right there. You choose whether you're going to do something with it or not. But there's the divine invitation. Invitation And why all of this? It's because you matter. It's because people matter. It's because Jesus loves his church and he wants all his disciples mature. The scripture says that way you won't be babies anymore. You'll be mature. We all start as babies. But if we stay babies, something's wrong. You know, you meet someone who's 20, baby, something's gone wrong somewhere. We all start there though. So these are tools that Jesus gives to the church, tools to help you, tools to help me, to bring the fullness of God out of us. Awesome. Isn't it amazing? God says, I love it. God says, I want this. That is a kind father. That is a loving father. I want this result, and here are the tools to produce it. That is love. It's an amazing thing. 
The starting journey for all of us, place of the journey, of course, is by getting in relationship with Jesus. Once we're in relationship with Jesus, He can start to shape and mould us and take us on a journey. You know, some of the most significant people in the future who will lead this church into places that God wants to take it don't know Him yet. But when He gets hold of them, and when they get hold of God, then He'll bring change. I tell you what, if you'd looked at me at 18 or 19, I don't think you would have pictured that and this now. For some of us, we are carrying incredible visions for what God's asked of us. And if I asked you to close your eyes, you could imagine God's given you a, a, a picture, a sneak picture of what the future could be like. But see, what you don't understand is the person that's in that picture in the future is not the person that's here today. There's a journey between where you are now and there. Between when I first felt the call of God, knew the call of God, and today, there's 30 years. I'm not the person today I was 30 years ago. And I pray in another 30, I won't be the person I am today. Because it's all about the journey with God. It's about Him taking us on. A, some, God, the call of God on some of your lives is absolutely incredible. Go on the journey. For some of you, start the journey. You start the journey by saying yes to Jesus, by coming into relationship with Jesus, by making Jesus the Lord of your life, not just your friend, your companion, or anything like that, the Lord of your life. In other words, the boss of your life. And you build your life around Him. And you build your life around truth. When we come into that relationship with God, we call it salvation or being saved. What it means is I'm coming into relationship with God. I'm coming to that place where I'm now found. I'm in relationship with Him, not only for this life, but for all of eternity. I'm coming into a place where I'm expecting Him to heal me, to make me whole in my world, to deliver me of any cling-ons that might be slowing me down. In other words, He wants fullness of life. Some of us here tonight, you know, we've tried things and it hasn't worked out that good. It's time to try Jesus. He's the answer. He's the answer you've always been looking for. like to bow your heads for a moment. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment. If you want to say yes to Jesus tonight, it could be the very first time you've said yes to him and that'll be fantastic. Start the journey. Say yes to Jesus. Well, maybe tonight there's just a gap. There's something, you know, there's something really sidetracking you or there's something that's blocking your relationship with him. And tonight you need to say, Jesus, can we start again? And his answer is, yeah, sure. Let's do it now. And we step into the journey again. And in just a second, if you want to say yes to Jesus tonight for the first time, or it could be the second or third time even, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. And you're not lifting your hand for me. You're lifting your hand as a sign of a heart response to Jesus. 
but we want to celebrate with you because it is the most significant decision you will ever make. You'll know if you need to make that decision tonight. Your chest is probably thumping. Hands are probably sweaty. It's often what happens when the Holy Spirit's talking to us. He's saying, come on. More than anything tonight, He wants relationship with you. And He's done everything to make it possible. He's just waiting for your acceptance of the invitation. If you know you need to say yes to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand in just a moment and please shoot it up quickly. Yes, Jesus, I choose you. You ready? I'm going to count to three. Hold your hand up. One. Two. This will be the best decision you have ever made. Three. Just give me a quick wave. Make sure you catch my eye. Thank you, I see your hand. That's fantastic. I've seen at least one person give me a wave. Come on tonight. This is a, such an important decision. That's awesome, man. I've seen two people at least so far. It's not a game decision. It's a life and death decision. It's the creator of the universe. Five more seconds. Seen at least two people so far. Three, wonderful. Four, fantastic. Brilliant. Five, wonderful. Good on you. Four, three, two, one. I saw five people give me a wave tonight. Can we please give them a massive hand? Brilliant. Well done. If you gave me a wave at the end of the meeting, the the, the team with the green T-shirts, they'll have some bags with some information that they can give you. And uh, because we really want to help you in your journey. And uh, so anything we can do to help your journey with Jesus, we'd love to do that. And so have a chat to the people in the green T-shirts. They'll be more than happy to help you. And um, well done. Fantastic. Hey, why don't we all pray together? You pray after me. Jesus, thank you. Tonight I give you my life. Thank you. I turn from my old life and I turn to you. Please forgive me of all the things that I've done wrong and help me to live your way. Thank you that you love me. Thank you that you receive me. Thank you that I can now walk in relationship with you. I love you, Jesus. Amen. How about giving these ones another hand? Awesome. Fantastic. I'm going to pray for us all as I finish for an awakening uh, in the Spirit, uh, particularly around Ascension Ministries. But one of the things I meant to say, and I forgot to say because I was trying to race, was every Ascension Ministry Apostle, pastor, preacher, teacher, evangelist loves the church. Every one of them loves the church. If you've got just this love for the church that you can't explain, maybe God's stirring something in you. Because their job is to build Christ's body, 
And you cannot do it if you don't love the church. It just goes hand in hand. And God will grow your love for the church, but there'll be the stirring inside of you that just loves the church. If you would really like an awakening of God's purposes in your life, why don't you just stand right where you are? It doesn't have to be because you think there's an essential ministry call on your life. Just if you want an awakening of the purposes of God in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you see the response of every person in this place. You see the response of every heart toward you. And we're responding in particular to an awakening of your purposes in our life. Father, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for every single one of us, and it's good. It's really good. And so, Father, tonight as we stand in front of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, I release a revelation of purpose. Father, let that rest, let it sit on every person. I release purpose in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, touch every single person. Just prepare your heart. There'll be a picture, there'll be a thought, something will come in this moment for you. You'll hear a word in your, in your mind, in your ear. Jesus, for every person, I release purpose, an awakening of purpose in Jesus' name. Revelation of purpose in Jesus' name. Father, revelation of purpose. An awakening of purpose in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Revelation of purpose in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Divine purpose. Release it from heaven. Release it, Lord. Divine purpose. Divine purpose. Josh and Kayla, the Lord would say to you guys not to put off the inevitable for too long. In Jesus' name, revelation. 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 Revelation in Jesus' name. Revelation in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we receive that in the name of Jesus. We receive what you're showing us. And we purpose that even now we will receive your invitation and we'll step into it in Jesus' name. If I haven't managed to reach you, don't worry. God's more than capable. Father, we receive that in Jesus' name and I release courage in the name of Jesus Christ. Courage to step into everything that you're calling us to. Courage to step into the things that you're showing us. Courage to continue and um, consistently walking close with you. Courage to believe you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we will not let unbelief rob us of what you want to do in our world. Because you are God, not unbelief. Amen. Awesome. So good.
Well, I hope you're feeling encouraged. I, the thought that was going through my head when you were talking was, you know how a lot of the time, it's probably because we're Kiwis, a lot of the time we say, oh man, it's a small world, because we see people in the supermarket or we find out that we've got connections of people. Imagine if we all did what God has called us to do. Man, and we'll be able to change the world, just this one room. Like, it's a small world. I remember when I was in the States, and I was talking with some guy at a, um, at a hotel, and I found out he knew my parents. Such a small world. So I encourage you, come on, let's step into what God has for us, to the purposes that God has for us. Thank you, Pastor Sheridan. Why don't we give him one more hand? It's awesome. Well, thank you so much, church family, for your giving. We declare blessing over all givers in Jesus' name. Yes, amen. And also don't forget, if you need prayer for anything, make sure you don't hesitate and come right up to the front as we have a prayer team that would love to stand with you in prayer. Also, don't forget that tomorrow night we have a regional gathering, 7.30pm here at Rokuta. We want to see every single one of you and it's going to be an awesome night. Yeah. Let's get up to our feet, I reckon. I think we should finish with a bit of a praise party, praising Jesus. Is that all right, band? Let's do it. Thanks, team. Awesome. Have a great Sunday.
Spirit also just reminded me that if you want to have a bit of a fast track into the call of God in your life, let's do an internship next year. Come on, why don't you sign up? If you're feeling a bit of a stirring and you haven't planned anything for next year, why don't you come to either Vision College or Activate College, do an internship. Even if you have planned something, scrap it. Come on, call of God. Amen. Go and enjoy some food. Have a great rest of your week. Bless you. Yeah.